Motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk sounds like. The joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Give me the fuck around. People like games. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode shit, what episode is it? 87 hey. <laughs> of People <laughs> Like Games. I am solo. <laughs> and I'm Lilo, baby. And, and this is how you uh, know we ain't rusty. It's Lay Squad in the building, staying sharp as ever, even though we're a day late. And as per usual, you are tuned in to the best damn podcast in the game. Even though it's a day late, shit happened, and we're going to keep it moving. Hey, we have been in the process of large-scale business negotiations. Um, nah, we just had shit to do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but we're in aggressive expanson, is the joke we're taking. We are Aggressive expansion. Up. Funny enough, I sent that GIF earlier. But anyway, I am not going to keep you guys along with my rambling for too long and i'm gonna ask quickly before i jump into things lilo what you been playing baby i've been playing <laughs> motherfucking battleship on the battleship. ios and i'm not even kidding That's i've been hilarious. playing battleship against my girlfriend what about you i have been playing absolutely nothing to be honest i, I i've been looking for a game uh, i sort of was on like the complete end of Final Fantasy Nine. The Witcher. The Witcher. I that's that's it. I'm picking it back up. Uh, so mm-hmm. I had started it, and by started it, I mean I played the first ten minutes, and then I was like, I want to go back. But regardless, The Witcher Three, listeners, you can tell me what you think about The Witcher Three hey. over on a couple of the socials. Instagram and Twitter at people like games the handle reddit r backslash people like games you can find this show that you are listening to right here on the usual suspects and as to announcements just a quick one we are doing our inaugural pop-up shop but I'm gonna expand on that a little bit more on the back end. And for the time being, kick it over to Lilo for a little bit of... <laughs> the Talk Baby Table Contents. What can you expect this episode? We got Hotcakes in the Lobby, giving you the one-liners from the industry. And then follow Hotcakes in the Lobby with the Quickscope, where we expand at length about the proceedings in the gaming world from this past week, baby. It could be business, game, or anything else related, essentially. We got that going on. Uh, we're going to go with Silla something or another. He's choosing a topic of an owly nature. Then there'll be a quick rumor mill followed up with the game spotlight by me and we're wrapping it up with a impromptu final lap by the squad together here so got a lot to look forward to and more details on the announcement that solo just said so uh stay tuned and without further ado solo let's roll it that idea with is terrible the first hot cake in the lobby uh, we still have that title and it still exists however It's I'm going to still keep it short. Anywho, regardless so of my feeling about that title. And Pokemon Go has surpassed 1 billion downloads worldwide. Oh my god. In three years of release. I think we should discuss how it is the greatest mobile game of all time one day. Next story. Jeez, that's amazing. All right. Well, next one is Nintendo Switch. Super Smash has debuted their new hero and his name is Hero. That's kind of it. Next. I was going to say first Wake. and secondly, <laughs> we have a little bit of Sony hitting the official 100 million mark of sales for the PS4 console. The fastest ever above Wii and PS2, which is extremely shocking. And now our next story. This last hot cake in the lobby, baby, is about Qualcomm and Tencent. They're teaming up for future mobile game devices and content. 
So you could be looking out for better fucking phones with better games. Coming soon. But that's not the only thing we got about the coin. Solo. Let's roll it in to the quick scope. That's right. So that sound cue, as you know, is our quick scope. And I'm going to stay with the coin. And that is Tencent. They're making some moves again. You've been hearing them, or rather, you haven't been hearing them for a while, but they're back. <laughs> they are on fire. They're teaming up with a, uh, a fun fun tech firm named mail.ru. Now, if you don't know what .ru stands for, it's the country of origin for that particular website, .ru. What do you think that is? Russia, that's right. So Tencent backed Chinese video game developer iDreamSky Technology Holdings, which is essentially part of Tencent, but anyway. And Mail.ru Group are forming an alliance that's going to expand the Mail.ru's presence and gaming footprint in China. So this is a collaboration that is essentially set to take over Southeast Asia and China in general. They've apparently declined to comment about this proceedings. It's not official yet, but it should be coming out later this week. Um, Mail.ru already has a global gaming presence with 70% of its revenue coming from countries outside of Russia, including a majority of them coming from the United States, which is interesting. But uh, they made $118 million this year, and they're looking to make way more money with this new partnership. And I'm sure... They're going to coordinate with Tencent and get through all of those frozen game licensing issues because Tencent's working with, uh, you know, the Chinese government's ear. And we'll see more of those types of games coming through. I don't know. Solo, you got anything? You got anything to add? I have always been curious, or by always, I mean, as you were just discussing this story about what the sort of Russian equivalent to Tencent is because I feel like Russia is a country that does have a large level of advanced scientists, um, I think would be fair to say. And I feel like a lot of development is outsourced toward Eastern European nations. In addition, some of the biggest companies in gaming have come from Eastern Europe. Shout out CD Projekt Red. But regardless, um, not surprising. If you want business in China, who do you have to partner with? That's right. You got to pay the gate. You got to pay the tax man and the gatekeeper and the publisher and the distributor. That's all Tencent. So regardless, respect to Tencent. Please sponsor us. Anyway, (laughs) staying in China, but moving on to Rocket League, it seems that Rocket League has now officially been approved for release in China over two years after Psyonix tried to bring it in. Not surprising, we've covered on the show in the past that China had implemented a freeze on the approval of new games being released in the country because of their belief that it was corrupting their youth. That is me liberally phrasing. Actually, no, not really. That's sort of basically what they were saying. But regardless, um, in 2017, that was their goal. And so now coming out, uh, you know, the official release date's not announced just yet, but it does make sense that that is going to occur because earlier this year, Psyonix was acquired by Epic Games, and if you are not aware, a little-known company, um, which coincidentally happens to be, owns a stake in Epic Games. And so, lo and behold, the approval process has been expedited. And so, not much to add there. Uh, Anything? Any thoughts, though? Anything to... Anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it best. You got to pay the tax man. People know if you want to get access to the largest distribution publisher in, or whatever, gaming distribution uh, entity, I guess you'd say. Conglomerate. In China. Yeah, the conglomerate in general. You just got to go with Tencent. Conglomerate. Smart companies are doing that. And so we're going to see more fun games in China because they're going to be able to get through the license freeze. And that's, that's what we got. All right, let's roll on to uh, the next story. This is coming out of 
Well, this is after their release this past week. But we're staying on esports, and we're going to go into Epic Games and their announcement of the Fortnite Championship Series. So this Championship Series, excuse me, is going to start Champions. actually today. Champions. Champions Series. You're right. It's Champions Series. I I'm apologize about that. But it's starting August 1st. And it's going to offer millions and millions of dollars in prizes based on your rankings in an online leaderboard. They just hosted the Fortnite World Cup this past weekend, and they had $30 million distributed between solo competition, dual competition, as well as $3 million going to a creative mode competition. So... They're going to take this money. They're going to split it up over the course of the season. Every single point, every single ranking is going to matter. And they're throwing fucking money at this. Like they are throwing a shit ton of stuff over here. And uh, realistically, funny question came up that I want to ask Solo and kind of just talk about real quick. We know that there are a whole bunch of battle royales. PUBG started the whole thing. Well, I guess you'd say... Um, but H1Z1 started the whole thing, then PUBG kind of blew it up. Fortnite took the lead, but battle royales are clearly plateauing. People are wondering what sh which battle royale is going to be the one to survive the battle royale battle royale, if that makes sense. And who do you think it's going to be? Well, I just think personally it's got to be Fortnite because they've made so much money and they're throwing the most in, which means they're going to have most of the the esports players coming in to them and to no, not to anyone else but that's just my thoughts what do you think solo um i Which believe battle royale is gonna win the battle royale battle i think Thunder. it's gonna yeah. be distributed based off uh a couple of different things one i think the concept of the champion series is interesting because it does create every individual who enters into online play the ability to be part of a competitive season. So just the general online leaderboards that they already have, they're just monetizing. So that's clever to just call it a champion series, but sure. you know, they have a lot of money to spend, that's for sure. I am now, you know, so it, it, it I don't know what the success will be like of it because even though it sounds like a good idea, as I'll get to later on, um, Nate Nanzer, who was the former commissioner of the Overwatch League and who is now the head of esports over at Blizzard, um, does not have the strongest track record in good ideas. So who knows? Uh -oh. But that's okay. not me, nor my opinion. That's just history and evidence. However, anywho. Uh, Fortnite on PC definitely going to be in America the big thing however I think PUBG has pretty much moved or pretty much consolidated dominance on the uh, what's it called on the mobile platforms to be frankly honest so those, those that to me is the the ideal place so <clears throat> if you look at you know in the around outside of america where mobile phones happen to be primary access to internet that's the spot and I so speaking of a little bit of moving things around and not staying in one place we have a follow-up story to the call of duty what? league which we had mentioned uh on the show was going to be uh, launching in 2020 following the next Overwatch season. Now it has been confirmed what the sort of layout is going to be. In this case, it is going to actually, from the get-go, use a home-away format for the events. Uh, it is also okay. using the city-based eSport uh, Geo city-based team uh, function, same thing as the Overwatch League. Uh, the current cities that do have a team are Atlanta, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, New York, Paris, and Toronto. Uh, Cats. The, the buy-in is apparently $25 million for a team, and they're looking to add on at least 12. So, um, I think that it is funny that they're going to unveil as we covered by I think two weeks ago Overwatch's home away format and then they'll yep. sort of get that going and then they'll piggyback 
the Call of Duty League it for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna have like back double headers. Guess what? You can watch COD. You can watch Overwatch in the same weekend, which what? I think would be far more entertaining because you can only watch so much Overwatch without the ability to switch it up. Yeah, mind numbing, and then you're like, what is going on? Exactly. Yeah. You just need to entertain your brain, and so it's like flipping the channel. Yeah. You're able to flip the channel on TV. Go to what you want. Pick your fancy. 100%. So that's actually that's pretty smart. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Right. Let's pick up a next story, and this is about money, and I think it's money and what the money is telling us, okay? <laughs> I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I told you. I was like, why are you even doing that? Because you're going to grab... Nah, I got to it. Our editor is going to have to edit some shit out, but that's fine. All right, let's go back to this money. Uh, <laughs> there's a story coming out. Um, sponsor us, Skittles. Exactly, sponsor us, Skittles. Story coming out about how video games are wrecking retail sales, okay? And this is coming based off of a stock market analysis done by Seeking Alpha. It's actually very, very cool to look at the money and how it's working. But realistically, uh, as you know, following this podcast, gaming is blowing up, exponentially growing, and there's just so much interest in it. And if you think about it, it's a lot of these kids nowadays and the smartphone access and the ubiquitous nature of video games and the ease of technology, all that stuff. Like just the way we get access to games is just so much easier. So as a result, if you're looking at all these portfolios, apparently there's games like Fortnite, Roblox, Candy Crush that generate about 20 to $30 million a month by themselves now. And kids these days, the youth, the youth generation is spending more of their money on games at home than they are in retail stores. Apparently homes on average in the United States spend $400 annually on video game contents for their kids, which is an increase of 34% from a year ago. And apparently nearly 40% of parents with gaming kids from five to 15 report being worried about the pressure put on children spent within the apps. Apparently 15% or rather 17% of kids have said they'd actually accidentally spent money in game consoles or in stuff like that uh, in games in general without meaning to. But <clears throat> what's even more noticeable is that they highlight the fact that the prize pool of esports in games is actually surpassing other sports that we see nowadays. Fortnite just paid $3 million to the winner, who is a 16-year-old kid who fucking dominated the competition and won by a significant amount of points. Wimbledon? You know, tennis? only paid $2,980,000 to the winner. You want, a 16 year old kid won more for a video game than the world's best championship, or world's best tennis player at Wimbledon. It's insane. Indy 500, you get 2.5 million. The Masters, you get 2 million. World Darts Championship gets 640,000 and shit like that. It goes down the line. But needless to say, esports has the money, has the backing. And as a result, you get more kids, more kids spend more money, more homes money go towards the games that the kids want because kids want to be happy. Retail sales go down. There are a whole bunch of funds dedicated to uh, games. So the EDF or ETFMG video game tech ETF gamer stock, I guess a uh, group is up more than 70% since its inception, excuse me, in 2016 and invests in names that Glue Mobile we know, Take-Two, Interactive we know, Nintendo and Activision are all part of that actual um, fund. But like, it's just, it's just insane. Moral of the report coming out of Seeking Alpha is that if you're looking to invest, esports is the right way to go because it's only going up and up. And as a result, you can see a clear negative effect on retail sales because kids do not want to spend their monies in stores anymore. I think that's very funny. I think it's interesting. I also think it's funny that Solo uh, didn't take the money article, but I did because you got to show people it's all about the money. I thought one of the interesting statistics in there was how often kids ended up accidentally buying stuff. And two, 17%, holy shit. The pressure that kids would feel to have to Play buy games. stuff in game. Yeah. And I, and I get like it because included. as things become popular, being able to get or have certain things within the game become the same working mechanisms that were driving like retail, which was like, oh, I have this clothes, whatever the case is, now it becomes, hey, I have this skin, or like 
just I got this gun, motherfucker. Or I'm at this level, or whatever the case. You know, it, it comes in various yeah. forms. To see status. that as a pressure it's... when gaming, the pressure with gaming used to be associated that people would make fun of you for gaming is <laughs> right? is hilarious. Now, like I gotta fit in, mom. I gotta fit in. Swing. All the kids it's are swing. all the kids are buying it. I gotta fit in. Which right? I, I don't want these shoes anymore. It's I need to do well in Fortnite, mom. I need Fortnite fucking this ties into like I need Fortnite lessons. Mom, how like will that. I get the bitches if I'm not getting these battle royale wins? <laughs> no, this if anything, the sixteen year old kid who got three million, man, he's gonna Nothing get like lots of bitches. Like hey, big facts. <laughs> he's gonna get lots of bitches, so let's be real. So it's shout actually, out to uh, him. And so now staying on this exact topic. We're gonna move to Nintendo and discuss a couple of random things. Uh, they uh, just released their fiscal report for the three months uh, ending with June 30th. And there's a couple of uh, curious numbers there that I thought were worth mentioning. One of the things was that Nintendo ended up singling out Super Mario Maker 2 for praise. I do want to try that game out. Looks really interesting, but I just am not that big of a Mario guy, so I can't honestly get into it that much. But Mario, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in particular, sold another 1.2 million units, which means that the game's sold 18 mil over its lifetime. It is the highest selling game on the Switch since it, of, of all of them. So. Super Mario Kart 8, yeah. you think? Yeah, Mario Kart 8 oh Deluxe. That Everyone is, loves fucking driving cars. Yeah, that driving doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that's where they're banking on their mobile strategy, which I'll probably not get to, but one day we'll discuss a little bit more because I have discussed it often on here anyway. However, yep. they are increasing their sales of hardware and, pro and software, etc. Smartphone coming up by 10%. I thought one of the funniest things was that the sales of the 3DS fell by 49%. So there's it fell off a cliff and even the sales of those games tumbled 50%. And then Nintendo was like, nah, we're sticking with it though. So that's just very <laughs> curious to me what their idea is that they still believe that there's a market for the 3DS that should not be folded and sort of focused into mobile and the Switch. So I they just have the stock. I honestly think they just have the stock still. And it probably fell off a cliff because everyone was listening to this podcast and heard about the rumors. Nintendo Switch Lite confirmed. Boom. People are saving their money so that they can buy the new Nintendo Switch Lite, which will be cheaper. But, yeah, but it's I, like I the I, if you have a switch, like was there that many people that were put off by an extra fifty bucks? Um, I don't. I, at, at a I cost-effective so. rate, if you were looking at every single system, like the switch is a steal. You could buy. You could. Yeah. You could you literally buy two switches for the cost of one Xbox One X. Well, the switch now. Was now that they cut know, the price, gotcha. but like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even at face value, you're borderline paying the same. Weird. But Nintendo's it's strategy big. seems to be that they eventually will not listen to anyone and do what they want anyway. So shout out Nintendo. I know <laughs> yeah. the feeling. We riding. <laughs> they doing it. They doing it live. Uh, they probably, they will be successful inevitably. And it's just funny because this story kind of ties into that and that. Uh, EA has, you know, released a couple statements stating why they have sort of lacked some support for the Switch, if that makes sense, and lacked the porting over of some of their franchises to the Switch. So EA CEO Andrew Wilson explains the process of selection that they go on and go into, and they say that... <clears throat> When they're evaluating games on different platforms, you're looking at a couple things. One is that the, does the game really fit the profile of that platform in terms of the control or the community ecosystem? Two, does the community playing on that platform, would they appreciate the game going there or would they prefer to play it somewhere else? Apparently they have some insider statistics that they definitely pay for because all of our information is out there, but they know that most Switch users 
tend to have another console and would prefer to play their games on that console rather than the Switch. The Switch is not as powerful, therefore you do not get as, much, as good graphics and the controls are a little bit different so I can understand where they're coming from. However, it's just interesting to see how, um, really see behind the veil of their decision making process and it's logical, it's intuitive, still dumb they released obviously some of their games like fifa fifa is on the switch and that's just doesn't require a lot of processing power and you can dumb down the graphics a little bit to still get the gameplay that you want but yeah ea is coming through and just saying listen we do it for a reason we do it because it's not worth the cost of porting the game and uh fuck switch that, that's really what i'm getting i'm saying fuck switch because we got more support coming out for ps5 and Project Scarlet. They did release a statement saying that they've been working on games for the updated or upcoming consoles for a while now. So expect to see a couple launch titles like FIFA 21 coming out on PS5 and Xbox Scarlet. That kind of shit. FIFA 20. No, no, no. FIFA 20 is now. I agree. Next year. Oh, you're talking about Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. Come on, man. Excuse Come me. On. I was lost enjoying my pause. We're going to bring this back real quick. The <laughs> plug, unofficial plug. spot. The unofficial endorsement. <laughs> Solo Skittles, baby. Skittles, baby. Solo Skittles. Yo, hit us, uh, yo right. I'm going to add Skittles. I'm going to cut out the segment and send it to him and be like, yo. We are very family friendly and safe supply, and baby. US based. So can you customize our Skittles the same way you could customize M&Ms and put your faces on them? Yo, Do for Solo real, Skittles, if I could baby. get M&Ms out, yo, we're going to hit up Mars. Yo, Mars Corporation. Up, I was going to say, hit up all the companies. All the, it. yo, how, how money, candies, money, money. the people are coming for you. Anywho, you know what I realized? speaking of the, the people and candy, let's talk about integrity. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is that related, you may ask? Um, well... You don't steal candy from a baby, all right? That's why, because you have integrity. In great candy comes great integrity. Um, and so, and that nonsensical point. The Riot, uh, I guess Riot itself, has partnered up with a company called Sport Radar to help monitor the global acti uh, betting activity that will be occurring on League of Legends esports competitions and any potential quote unquote integrity issues related to the company. And so, what this borderline really is, is a sort of third party. Um, accountability Arbiter? firm yeah realistically yeah. And so it's like it, you know what Not it is Arbiter. it's a ratings firm so like if you are aware of the financial crisis in 2008 you'll understand this and if you're not that sucks for you because you should learn about watch it watch the big short watch the big short yeah and go read the big uh too big to fail the big short anyway so like what you have is basically the companies that work in trading certain bonds, trade whatever it is, commodities, etc. And so you have to have a referee. So the referee or the arbiter are usually accredited third-party institutions that then serve as objective or at least trusted to be objective watchers of these trades to be able to be like verify you need a verification process that's an important thing and now as we get into esports betting that verification if the league itself is not undertaking it and they're sort of setting it out well these three institutions which were funny enough also not really accredited in any way but we're sort of like well they've been around the longest so everyone sort of trusts them and then we found out Maybe they were on the, the, the take a little bit, and that's yeah, why the economy melted. So am I going to be surprised if the same thing would end up occurring in this manner? No, I think eventually the same way we talk about unionization in gaming, we are going to end up talking about international regulation bodies for uh, esports and esports betting and things of these natures because if the money as you were just talking about in sales are increasing and the the, the, the industry is growing that rapidly like greed greed is real regulation is regulation sure. will come from will have to come from the outside um yep. Yep, 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 because yep. it won't come from the inside we learned that and 
that takes us home for quick scope dude that was pretty good quick scope that was awesome plus the interim i, I like the breakup of the, the unofficial sponsorship by skittles by crackly skittles <laughs> we're back in it baby we're back with our commercials i'm sorry to our listeners who have to hear me chew yeah what you got skittles it <laughs> tastes like the rainbow <laughs> But you know who's not seeing a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow? The Overwatch League. What a transition. Anyway, so basically the Overwatch League as we've covered before is sort of seeing a continual decline in its viewership. It expanded to a whole bunch of new teams. It more or less hasn't stuck the same landing that it had in the first six months when the excitement generated and the buzz. I mean, shit, we were even covering the show to a degree, you know, the the league to a degree on the show when it was first getting going. For sure. That's when Overwatch itself was sort of in its peak popularity. But Mm -hmm. now with this viewership decline, news has leaked that the league is hired a influencer specialist who is to help them be able to garner more viewers because some of these companies that they're trying to work with are Streamlabs and Stream Elements, which give you tools to effectively monetize your live streams. And so what they're doing is no different than what your average streamer would try to do because they cannot get any viewers to want to stick around. So Mm -hmm. in their mind, it was, let's find this person but they had a particular criteria, which I really love. A preference for former Overwatch players who already have an audience who are interested in the game, and streamers and influencers who had to be quote-unquote brand-safe and preferably U.S.-based, which... Shout-out to Skittles. Skittles, Skittles, Skittles. H-Market. Um, and... They were to basically try to do live uh, meetup events with these streamers and combine those with ticket sale packages. And that sort of reeks of a lot of desperation to me. Uh, I do not think that is what you would expect of a flourishing league that is asking $30 million per slot for expansion. And as I had mentioned when we were talking about the Fortnite champion series the overseer of said debacle was Nate Nanzer who then left on his golden parachute paraglider what do they call it in Fortnite he's just disappearing nah he just flew right over to fucking Epic Games and was like isn't it your umbrella is that Fortnite I see (laughs) Let me get that money. And Blizzard's like, well, we're bleeding all of our original and, and good talent anyway, so fuck it, we'll bring you on. Right. It seemed like a Let's marriage made in incompetency. So, God bless. I'm, I'm very excited. I don't really have anything else to add about that. Like, that's the Overwatch League as it stands. We've known it was going to go down that way for a long time. They've done nothing really to push the brand, and the game's repetitive and sort of boring at this point. I would say it's boring. New heroes always change the gameplay. What they need to do is probably the same thing that League of Legends does is include more new content that's permanent and maybe different modes that are permanent, things of that nature. So who knows? They can involve Overwatch into the idea and the characters and then make a different game out of it, you know, different mechanics, that kind of stuff. So we'll see how this goes. But let's roll on to the rumor mill because we got one rumor. And we don't have do the sound clip. Because I reappropriated that one. So for now, you will get out of context. It's time to to get moving. There you go. Um, So the one rumor we got is there's a potential for Apex Legends to be coming to your mobile phone. And this is based off of fiscal reports for the 2021 year, which are coming out now. And uh, you could potentially see EA releasing that shit and Respawn releasing that shit next year. No, no, no. Two years from now. I'm sorry. 
fiscal 21 is technically late next year so maybe late next year christmas time i would bet big on that because just like PUBG, that realistic battle royale mode has a huge appeal on the mobile market outside of america Mm -hmm. so any person you know in a foreign country i promise you if you're a listener any person if you know a single person in a foreign country that you got in, that you could message ask them what is the one game everyone plays there i swear it'll be PUBG, and if i'm wrong we'll do whatever you, you say i'll do whatever because i'm not gonna be wrong because what the fuck else are they playing out there bro as military that's their day-to-day life out there not in america not out here not, that's for damn sure in this, in this beautiful land of freedom and equality anywho we good? Yeah. <laughs> we good with the rumors? Well, I'm confused. Uh, I think that's kind of all we got, realistically. Um, there is, there is a potential another rumor. Sorry, <laughs> and that is, Crash Team Racing may be coming through with some microtransactions, but. I think everyone has them, so wouldn't be surprising. We just want to give you a shout out and let you know. That, if you don't pay for it now, you exactly. might Exactly. Now you can buy new wheels in your Crash Team Racing game. So exciting. I'm so, so excited. Don't worry, high school but... listeners. If they tell you that you have to have the, the cool wheels, you don't need them. You can be mm-hmm. whichever character you want in a default skin. <laughs> don't let anyone bully you, okay? Let's do that. All right, now let's roll on to uh, Lilo's game spotlight. Solo, you got me with the sound cue? Of course we do, and we cue. There we go. So in this particular game spotlight, I'm not going to go deep into the two games, but I do have two games for you that are actually coming out later this month, and I thought they'd be fun to cover because That's what she I said. found one. I found another. That's what I'm talking about. So this first one is coming to you from it's a, it's actually a group what's it called the group is iron mountain who created the game and it's called steel circus okay steel circus is essentially if you merged overwatch and rocket league together plus the rules of handball what the fuck does that mean it means you have individualized characters that you and your teammates will play as they each have special abilities and you're playing handball and you're trying to throw the ball into goals now what does this sound like to me? This sounds like they're stealing Super Mario fucking Strikers and they're putting it into handball. And that's some complete bullshit. And Strikers did it first. Nintendo remake Strikers and put it out for the Switch. I swear to you right now, that would be the best hottest selling game on the Nintendo Switch. But I digress. So Steel Circus is, you know, the Rocket League court. Just just play that with handball. And imagine you can throw the ball from car to car and you're each a car with special abilities, but it's a person. And yeah, that's kind of it. But it's coming out for early access uh, later this week, actually August 8th on Steam. It's a, for PC. Thought that was funny. Cool. Check it out. It should be free to play. And you will probably get a few laughs out of it. Now, next game. This one is my final boss games. It is called Super Dodgeball Beats. And what the fuck is Super Dodgeball Beats? Well, it's a competitive music and rhythm game that's inspired by other things like Elite Beats and Rhythm Paradise. But the game is telling a story of a group of friends who are living in a world where dodgeball hysteria has made dodgeball the mainstream sport in the world. It's, it's like a manga art style colored game you have 18 different songs you input different uh, controls related to the beat and as you do that and get more points you build up attacks which come in the form of dodgeball attacks to the other team and you're trying to eliminate the whole other team so it's just like a combo puzzler beat thing that's actually hilarious it's being released actually august 22nd this year for pc ps4 and this well on all consoles essentially pc ps4 nintendo switch and xbox one and it's gonna be selling for 13 bucks if you want to see any of the highlights or videos of the gameplay obviously just go to youtube super dodgeball beats same thing with steel circus and i think if you're looking for a small indie game not indie game per se but a, you know one of those games that's not a triple a title being made by an indie studio go check it out i think you're gonna love it these two they have potential man they have potential to give you some laughs 
And that's all I got. Solo. Let's roll to the final lap. And we out. And we what can we say other than it is uh, one of the more enjoyable conversations I hope to have on this final lap section of our show. Oh God, what does that mean? Now I'm nervous. <laughs> the question that we're going to be discussing today is what game were you most looking forward to that turned out to be not a disappointment by any critical standards, but to you a personal disappointment? So do you want to begin? Should we start on a lighter one before we hit our bigger ones? Was there a game? And so I'll, I'll go. Okay. Uh, let's go with the light one, and then we'll go to our big ones. Deal. Deal. All right, perfect. I so, got a light one. All right, so I, I, I'm gonna say a light one for me right now would be Red Dead Redemption Two, and okay. that's because I, I'm not ruling it out. At no point is it. It was. It was an amazing experience. So when I first played it, part of me was like. What the fuck is going on? Is this broken? Can I speed this up? Because I had come in from the Red Dead One experience and it was far more arcade oriented. So I had, since the first game had finished and I finished it, I had waited for a second one. So to see it, to follow it along in its path of fucking being made, buying it the day of, putting it in and then being like, Oh shit! This is not what I had expected. This game changed. You know what I mean? Right. It, yeah. it was sort of cognitive dissonance to a degree. To be like, you expect one thing and you get another, and what you got maybe not the wrong thing, but sure shit was unexpected. Yeah. Yep. yep. I that, got you. That's a recent example. Uh, I'm not even going to go with that one, though. I follow your logic, and I agree with you completely because. You and I have yet to finish it, though. I, I think we should, and just for fun's sake, dedicate an episode to the Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 review because we said we were going to do that and Honestly, never did. <laughs> we should make that a fucking, fucking Twitch player. series where we just run sure. through Red Dead together. Right? We both play and just like, this chapter is great, this chapter is shit. Yeah, should we put this shit on be, Twitch? We should put this shit on Twitch eventually. The Division. Now, Curious. not The Division 2, which came out. This is The Division, the original one. I bought it to play with some friends, paid full price, 60 bucks. I played 55 minutes and then that was it. And I stopped. Why? Because I had another game that I wanted to play, whether it was FIFA or another multiplayer game. This was just, it seemed like a basic shooter to me. Sure, it was in a post-apocalyptic world. Sure, the graphics were pretty nice. The movements were sweet. Just didn't do it for me. I didn't want to play an MMO. I came from, you know, the division, or not the division, I came from Destiny. And Destiny just seemed more my style, faster paced, superpowers x y and z couldn't get into the vision and i thought that was that's the biggest waste of mo video gaming money that i've spent to date other than to collect something you know and that, that's why i think that was a big disappointment but if we're going biggest disappointment let's just do a snake my biggest disappointment it's gotta be kingdom hearts 3 man it's gotta be kingdom hearts Oof. 3 i i gotta say it and this is coming from a guy who's been waiting 15 years to play the second game or however fucking long we waited. And it was just since we were 16, we were waiting to play the third one. And the gameplay itself was fantastic. And I understand that a lot of people loved it. But the cutscenes took me out of the game. Yeah, I know. Cutscenes took me out of the game. Uh, the storyline, obviously, was convoluted, but the powers and the abilities weren't that amazing to me. I think there was just too much about it that felt janky, and I kept that getting pulled out of it. No, yeah. I just I finished it, and I just didn't... I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, and that felt like such a disappointment because we were so hyped, man. Before this show and long after this show, we, we will agree that we were so hyped for Kingdom Hearts 3 and like, when is it coming out? When is it coming out? And then it came out, and we both played it, and like, fuck. I don't know, man. You know, I, you? It, it's funny you mention that. I guess, you know, I, yeah, that's that's a biggie. That that could arguably, that's my biggest. arguably that's my be biggest. a biggie for me as well. I just, I'll be, I'll be honest, I sort of blanked that from my memory. I'm like, I don't exactly, even. <laughs> which is not good. Which means it I wasn't like, good. I'm like, oh, wait, what? what? Oh, I played that game one day. I beat that shit. I don't even know where it is now. 
Yeah, because it didn't leave any lasting impression. We're like, we played the second one and I, we I know where, and we still reminisce about that shit to this day. I still know where awesome. my, I still know where that physical copy is. Right. And it's well, I, like, I don't actually have mine, but still. Physical till I die, bro. I have all of the games that I would want to keep. Shout out Bioshock Originals. Anywho, now as to my biggest disappointment, this might be a little bit of a surprise to you uh, because it's out of left field. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all people is people. I was trying to think of a way to put people into nationalities. Colors and prejudices. Is there a word for people and nationalities? Which, funny enough, makes me think, is there a phrase for the business equivalent of writer's block, which has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but we'll think about it for one day. Um, Spore, the 2008 PC game. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Because the hype leading up to the game was huge. It was sort of the sort of concept of a truly open world game that would basically evolve with time and random. It was supposed to be the promise of what, like, was that a No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah, like, yeah. So when I saw No Man's Sky, I was like, oh, if you were invested in that, I sort of empathize with your disappointment be. because yeah. to get that large of a promise and then to see what they delivered, that really hurt because I thought the concept of Spore, so for those of you who are not familiar, we're gonna I'm going to pull out a, a better definition uh, for you. Um, but, it was an evolution-based game, essentially. That's that's more so what it was, and you can mutate in any different direction and in any way. And then, as you grew, you could establish like once you started out as literally a single cell organism, then grew into multi cell, then achieved things, and like you had so many games within the game. Eventually, you became a fucking space faring uh, civilization, and then you had to conquer the universe. And like that was that was cool. It was a cool idea. I can understand why you were disappointed. Yeah, so so don't get me wrong. I know it was sort of adored for its attempt, and I always respect trying that to to pull off something of that scale or or, or ambition, but it it just it lacked the depth, and I think that's the problem. So in, in creating the width of the world they could not it create the layers required so that's why when a game like the witcher comes out and which was one of the reasons i bought it which one of the reasons i'll be playing it is to learn about an open world but that has depth in it as well which is why it confuses me that people are bugged out about breath of the wild all the time where i'm like what did you really get in an open world that really blew your mind like i genuinely honestly what in that game was revolutionary or anything of that nature other than the fact that it had the bare element of an open world game with cell shading graphics and Zelda? Dude, I'm going to have to say, I was actually talking about this today. I disagree. Well, it's okay, a forest gump of games. No, Get no, burned. It's amazing. It's amazing in its own right because it had all those abilities that it can like combine so effortlessly and so seamlessly. I'm talking about literally the bombs, the different specials you get from every character and every um, you know, land faring animal what the fuck they're called about or they're, what they're called. So memorable. But the, the the different abilities you could use, the different temples, the Korok seeds, just how vast it was, to me that was an amazing game and is rightfully deserving as one of the best games of all time. I'm just gonna throw it out there. For you, what you were just describing, if you want an open world experience, man, we gotta play Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2 is that open world experience. It is so immersive and beautiful and so intricate, but we just didn't give it the time it deserved. We probably like The Witcher more because there's much more carnage and action and magic and shit like that that we're more used to in open world games. But like, I don't know. I'm, that, those but, are my two but, cents. But the, the thing is, I know Red Dead has it, which is why Red Dead should have been acclaimed for it, even though I thought God of War was still the game of the year. I think that argument for game of the year is some game that you had the most fun playing that year. And so, totally I got you. separate. I had the most fun playing, playing Breath of the Wild, for oh, sure. really? And Spider-Man. Was yeah. Breath, Breath and- of the Wild was something to me that was more so like, it, it became to a certain degree when everyone starts to 
give um, like uh, when everyone starts to agree that something's good, no one wants to be the one that says it bad. And so no part of me thinks I'm being a hater because I still don't see if you put Red Dead 2 next to Zelda and then you broke them down on a whiteboard, what core elements they actually are were actually involved you'd laugh at how fucking bare Zelda Breath of the Wild really is no the core elements they do better than Red Dead I think like the core elements they stick to are action open world exploration and the different abilities that you can combine in unique ways to achieve the goals at hand I think they did that better than Red Dead Red Dead what 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 are the unique ways that you could do that this is sidelined but just what do, you, what do you mean the unique ways? You just I think the, the unique ways of, that you could do it. What are the unique so, ways in that game that I missed? We can literally go to YouTube now and look up people who have found just crazy things that you could do. I was watching a YouTube video the other day. You can use the magnetic ability. You could stack carts on top of each other, then pick up the other cart and ride the cart across the map like Magneto, as if you were Magneto and fly across the world with the magnet ability. And that's just with the magnet ability. Then you could freeze time. You could launch yourself across a map if you hit a ledge because you froze the ledge, you hit the ledge a shit ton of times, you stood on top of the ledge, it launches you the across the map. The game sandbox abilities are more so it's related to unfinished development than they are anything related to the fact that the game is a breakthrough. <laughs> they weren't the purposeful game, elements believe... of in-game experience. You're talking about more fun and core elements. Those core elements make it fun for gamers. I think this they relates give you the ability to explore. Totally not at like, all to our conversation, and it was a hilarious digression that had nothing to do with anything we were talking going about. Going back to original going question back, of disappointment. Spore yeah. was a shame, and there have been legions of games and that have been really disappointed. Breath of the Wild was a shame to you too to relate. It but back. the thing is, I'm it? not really a Zelda fan, so I don't know why we got into the argument of that well, game. you wanted to compare it and uh, either way oh, i yeah. get you Regardless. i got you i found it thanks at least one of us knows why we're talking hey um <laughs> but that's all i mean uh, there's nothing really more to add for the week we do want to make one final announcement we have our pop-up shop coming up august 12th through the 26th 1046 new york avenue in huntington if you're around come through we're going to be hitting the medias and the socials starting tomorrow. So probably the day you hear this will be the day you hear about that. So I have nothing more to say. I'm going to kick it over to Lilo for traditional uh, purposes. Take us home. Yo. Appreciate you listening again on this last day that we're recording of July. We got a lot coming up for you in the fall, a lot of announcements. It starts with the pop-up shop, but of course, be sure to leave us some love, go on the Reddit. Uh, We are going to be instituting daily questions that we want to ask the community, so engagement is always fun. And uh, as usual, we love your support. Keep it up.